Okay, so good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Any gentlemen tagging, taking your time off the football to be with us. We appreciate it. Um, so uh, welcome to another episode of um, Chats and Things with Christian Women in the UK. I have got the lovely Giselle today with me. And Giselle is the lead pastor at Pearls of Grace Ministry in Strenner. Did I pronounce it correctly, Giselle? Strenner. From Roar. Daily people, they can get on very well with Africans because we need these specialized pronunciations. And I've also got Sidoni, who is the founder at uh, Women in the UK. Good evening, Sidoni. Hello, everybody. So today we have got a very interesting topic um, to talk about. We will be looking at the book of James. And I think it's a famous saying, pretty much every Christian knows this, or at least most people, talking about faith and works, right? So um, Sidoni, if you just take that away for us, the reading. So we're going to be looking at James 2, verse 14 to 26. And which version of the Bible are we looking at? NIV, I think is. Okay, excellent. Read from so, um, so James chapter two, verse 14 to 26 says, um, the title here or the subtitle is Faith and Deeds. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Oh, wow. I feel like asking you to read that again. I feel like this should just be played over and over and over. It's beautiful, and I love the way you read it. I don't know about you guys, but it literally sounded musical to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I love James, by the way. James is yeah. It's a small, it's a small book if you want to call it that, but it's so packed, right? Mm. So, I'm going to start with you, G. Oh, As, yeah, yeah. So, as a pastor, give us a I don't know, a one minute sermon on what we've just read. Oh, wow. You're going to give a TED talk of sermons. 
Well, one minute is nice. Plain and simply put, your faith needs to be accompanied by actions. That's it. End of. You know, there's if there's you you can do all the lip service you want. You can you can talk the talk, but you need to be able to walk the walk as well. Yeah. Okay? And and if you're not walking the walk, then you're not doing anything. Absolutely. So, so that's a sermon in half a minute. Yes, exactly. See, there used to be this thing on BBC called the 60 second idea. You'd be brilliant on it. So <laughs> <laughs> see, that was your idea worth spreading. And it's true. <laughs> so I think for you, Sidonie, um, as a Christian, how have you found this application of what James said? How do you try to live that out in your life? I think the the best way is the is the group Christian Women in the UK because that's what that was founded on. Well, I didn't actually think of it like that until a minute ago, but it was to see love practically lived out, to see the Christian life lived out. So it's not, to my mind, sufficient to say you're a Christian. It's not sufficient to go to church every Sunday and listen to a sermon. You have to live out Christ's love practically in your everyday life. Little things, you know, praying for one another, um, offering somebody a cup of tea, sitting with people and, and just listening, offering to do their shopping for them and, and just living out the Christian faith. Because, you know, the, the Bible says by your love, Christ said, by your love, people will know that you're you're one of mine. He didn't say by your faith. He didn't say, you know, he said by your love. And for me, that's what that comes down to. It's you can't say you have faith and you're a believer of Jesus and you don't you don't have deeds. It's just it doesn't I don't think I don't think it's possible. Yes. Yes. And I think I would like to ask you then, because, you know, sometimes as Christians, we say, oh, you know, this is not a works-based religion. You know, it's all about what Christ did for you. And you have to embrace that and go, you know, keep on moving. So for anybody who, and listen to this before, <laughs> if you listen to like, I think it's the King James Version, it will say to you, faith without works is dead, right? Yes. Can we distinguish between what James is talking about and what Christians perceive as works? Because I can assure you there's somebody out there who's been who's like, mm, you know, works? Is this for real? Yeah, so, you know, and, and we, we laugh about it. It's actually a big problem in the hmm. evangelical circles. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, some people almost of the hyper-grace camp, they believe mm -hmm. that grace covers everything and, and love covers everything and so they don't even have to try and so they're not under the law I mean that's a topic for another day but you know they they say they're not under the law and and this that and the other but when you come back to it it's a it's a case of your your deeds are not to justify you you've been justified at the cross you you know justification has been done at the point of being born again you've been justified already you so your deeds are not to justify you so in other words your deeds are not to attain salvation your deeds are as a response to salvation because mm -hmm. that sanctifies you that's what 
shows that you are being sanctified. That's what shows that the Holy Spirit is living in you. That's what is going to draw you closer and closer to holiness to reflect something of God's glory until the time when he comes again or he calls you to himself so people that have that mindset look at it the wrong way around you've you've already been justified you know by faith you receive salvation and so not by your deeds but by your faith however you still need to work out that faith you still need to live your faith i think the bible talks about working out your salvation you yeah. still need to be sanctified and you work out that faith so people have to see the evidence of the holy spirit in your life so your deeds are not to justify you because you've already been justified your deeds are to sanctify you in that process and so you cannot say you've been saved but there's no evidence of sanctification going on in your life. You can't say you've been saved, but when people look at your deeds, it doesn't reflect the fact that the Holy Spirit is living in you. But it doesn't mean that you do that work to attain salvation because it doesn't work that way. No, it so doesn't. Let's get it messed up. The hyper grace community is, is a big one for this, you know, and like I said, we'll talk about it another time. But yes, I think that's the major distinction. Um, yeah. And I really like the fact that you, you, you say that, you know, these good works are a result of the Holy Spirit living in you, right? Because we hear these things, how somebody who maybe was very selfish before they became born again, suddenly now they're able to be generous, they're able to help people. And so I, and I love the fact that like James gave example, <laughs> right? He's like, if somebody is, is cold, don't just say to them. <laughs> sometimes in the church right that mm. can happen and this is why i think sidonis is something that you and i have in common even before i became born again i love the very kind of pragmatic approach that you have to ministry right you know um you're always trying to do something whether it's get coats for people during the winter see that james thing you know, or um, food for families that can't eat over Christmas. And, you know, every now and then, guys, just to let you know, Christian Women in the UK is going to be doing different types of fundraisers for projects that are really important. I know the homeless are very close to your heart, so you don't need to watch out. Um, I'm sure in 2023, we will be looking at that. Um, a lot of times, Sidonia has just kind of done these things discreetly from your own pocket, right? But I'm sure next year there'll be other ladies who would like to get involved and you don't have to have tons of money to give this is the thing even a pound it so watch mm -hmm. out for us dear guys and I just wanted to bring this to G as well because I love how the two things that I like about Giselle right so it herself G is getting all oh check me out <laughs> yeah she's getting uh, um I don't know if to say embarrassed but one, I love the way you teach, right, Giselle, which in itself, that's a kind of work. But I also love that you have a very pragmatic approach to ministry. You have um, the Hope Center. Mm -hmm. For you, G, as a minister, how has the Hope Center helped you then in connecting this faith to works business? It's been a hard job. It really has been. It's been a long, hard struggle. And... A little bit of sad news, the Hope Centre's closing at the end of this month. Oh, no. no. Yes. Can't afford it any longer. There's nobody coming. 
we've got a few faithful people come, but uh, between us, we can't afford uh, to pay any longer. I can't get a job to pay the bills. Um, so we're letting the Hope Centre go, but we're not, the ministry's not closing down. We're moving into another venue. We're moving into uh, the community centre and we'll pay that by the hour. And we don't have to worry about insurance and uh, utility bills and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we'll also be going back to doing Cathay Church. And this is all happening in February. So with wow. that alone in the Hope Centre, I was I went into the Hope Centre, I think, thinking that this is going to be really easy peasy. Like the last one that I helped plant in Northern Ireland within uh, like two months, it was bursting at seams with people coming in every day for a cuppa and a chat and um, things like that. And it was lovely being able to help people because what I love about the Hope Centre is the one in Northern Ireland that I helped plant and the one here in Stranraer is the fact that they're in old shops and they're not set up like churches. Mm -hmm. They're very, they're unintimidating. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's struggling with uh, anxiety or any sort of mental problems, or whatever, it's all very calming and very relaxing and very welcoming for them. You know, and what I always like people to do is the minute people come through the door, greet them with a great big hello and a smile. And can I hug you? Oh, come on in for a cuppa. Because you don't know what those people are going through. It's coming through the door. Mm. You, 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 you really don't. And just be able to sit and listen to, to them. Not say, Not really say anything because a lot of times that's the best help that people want is just somebody to listen mm -hmm. so, um but yeah what what it's taught me is that uh <laughs> when you're stepping out in faith <laughs> not everything is as easy cut as what you think it's going to be it's mm -hmm. a long it, it, it can be a long hard struggle um but yeah faith without works really really is dead i'm glad we tried this at the hope center uh it's just not working out at the minute with by you financially mm -hmm. and of course the place isn't big enough as well because we've no kitchen at the place so we can't really do sandwiches and soups and things like that for people right. and stuff so um the bigger place will turn up in the new year sometime uh in the mm -hmm. meantime we'll uh we're uh, going on to plan b yeah but, uh what my vision is to have a hope center in practically every town around scotland hold on to that dream d because you know sometimes just because it doesn't work out the first time the way you hoped yeah. you never know and i really pray that people who are listening you know hear this because to me um i, I always say the gospel has to have hands and feet right oh yeah and to me, this is it this is the gospel in action to me this is what can bring people to christ even more than you standing on the streets preaching mm -hmm. yes there's a place for that i don't i don't even I love street evangelists. But what I'm saying yes. is that these are very practical ways to show people that this God that you're talking about, yes, he's good, yes, he's kind, mm -hmm. yes, it's all these things. So even, you don't have to be running a ministry. I mean, you've heard Giselle talk about some of the challenges that she has. You've heard Sidonie talk about the ambitions that she has. So feel free to chip in. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be money. You may have good advice, good business advice mm -hmm. to give you. But it would be really nice to see these type of centers, you know, really spring up and support people because particularly in the UK now we're hearing mental health, mental health. This is a place that can really help people. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that people who hear this really want to find out more. And I think at the end, um, we'll just drop some details just so that anybody who wants to help, your work may not be directly to somebody, right? But indirectly, if you make a donation to Jesus Ministry or to Christian Women in the UK, you really could be changing a life. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's a, a, a really good, I really love these two practical examples because we can talk and talk and talk about our faith. Um, so I, I also want to look at, I don't know the background of James Wright, if he was some kind of scholarly figure, but I love the fact that he gives these very illustrative examples, right? So he talks about Abraham. And mm-hmm. I had never really understood this whole Abraham had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. I just know <laughs> because yes, Abraham believed and believed and believed. So, <laughs> but I love the fact that it was Abraham's action, right? His sacrificial actions proved his faith i would have failed that test i'm not gonna stand (laughs) i would have tried to talk god out of that decision (laughs) well well when you tell you this james that we're reading this james is the half brother to jesus yeah yes he is imagine being his brother though i'm sure like they were told stuff that we never But it's interesting he says that though, because he's he's obviously, you know, he's writing with everybody in mind, Jews and Gentiles, but he's he's using Abraham because Abraham is the undisputed father of the Gentiles, right? He's one mm-hmm. of those patriarchs of the Jews, sorry. He's one of those patriarchs that the Jews can't deny. And so they know Abraham's story inside out. But what he's trying to also make clear to to all of us followers of Christ is that or, or, or even followers of, of Yahweh, Jehovah, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, the Jews and the Christians have the same God. And and mm-hmm. and I dare say we're probably the only two religions that have the same God. I you know, I, I don't believe that we share the same God with other religions, but mm-hmm. I certainly do believe that, you know, the Jews and the Christians serve Yahweh, you know, the same God. So and 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 so as as servants of Yahweh, he's making us to understand that the way Abraham exercised his faith, or the way Abraham could prove his faith was through his actions. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. was not enough for Abraham to say, God, I trust you. And you know, I know you said I should go sacrifice my son, right? But I'm just gonna sit here and just believe that, you know, I'm gonna go. It's that's not faith. He had to actually physically take his son, build the altar, be ready to kill his son. He had to prove his faith. It was by his his works that his faith were proved or proven. And that's what was credited to him as righteousness. Not yeah. the fact that he, you know, he believed it in his heart and he was sitting there going, God, you know. I'm not even gonna lie. I used to think when well, Sarah kind of spoke this man because as a person, I love that man. Like I have a lot of respect for just his general integrity. Yeah, he made mistakes, some of them really bad, but generally you get the impression that he was actually just a nice man, and perhaps mm-hmm. that's why God picked him. So, and then I love you talk about Jews and Gentiles, and I love the fact that he picks Abraham, this you know, tiring figure for the Jews, mm-hmm. and then he picks Rahab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could say it's a, a woman, a woman, a prostitute, a woman. <laughs> no, and those choices are deliberate. I would like us to look at them because one, 
Come on, he picks a woman. We need to clap for James here, okay? Yeah, but, but isn't it interesting what James does, though? He picks the father of Judaism. So <laughs> the, the people that, you know, Jews will classify as their, the father of their religion, right? And he does that. And then, like, completely on the other end of the spectrum, he picks a fallen woman yeah. like <laughs> one of the ancestor of jesus right but i really love that and so gee over to you on this rehab situation what's the significance of of um james picking rehab and relating her to you know faith and righteousness because i won't lie i look at rehab like oh she was a fallen woman god can save anyone full stop Righteousness wouldn't have been the first word to come to my mind with Rahab. Not that anybody's righteous, but guys, you know what I mean. Well, Rahab really did show her faith, didn't she? Mm. Like, how many, how many other people in the town, the village, uh, might uh, turn, turn their heads the other way when the strangers needed a uh, safe refuge? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's like the Samaritan, isn't it? How many people pass by the Samaritan on the road? Or the, or the, sorry, the, the, the guy in the road uh, uh, injured before the good Samaritan came along and picked him up. So mm-hmm. There was quite a lot of, the, there was priests and things passed him by and they ignored him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as, as Sidonian always said earlier, it's okay for many people to say, oh, I'm a Christian. Loads of people think because they're born into a Christian family that they're Christian. No, they're not. You know, and um, it really is true. Tr- tr- through your good works, as we said before, whether going to church or not, uh, that doesn't make you a good person. Mm-hmm. You do need to become born again and prove it by your good works. And I do believe Rahab did that. Surely did. And like mm-hmm. you, James, brother of Jesus, Jesus picked women. He picked the uh, the woman of the well. He picked Mary Magdalene. He picked oh, uh, loads of other women. And mm. carrying on family tradition, James picks a <laughs> Rahab. Carrying on family what? tradition. Girl I'm power. Going on in that family. Yeah, girl <laughs> power. Girl power. You know, today's mother may be part a quote and unquote liberal family. <laughs> <laughs> I bet like, the first time used to look at him like, who is this crazy guy mm. right now? Can you imagine how irritated they would be when they would see Jesus coming? Mm. <laughs> yeah, not be a liberal family. Because, like, look what God did for Abraham. And what's there's no more dysfunctional family than uh, Abraham's family. The soap opera of the age. That's all I can say. Mm. But I really love that, you know, like you said, and I was even thinking about that, Giselle, as we were speaking, thinking, okay, when you brought, the, brought up the story of the Good Samaritan, I thought, okay, James is Jesus's brother. You are definitely seeing a connection here. You know, mm. spending that time with Jesus, how they're thinking, yeah, I'm beginning to think, oh, how were they brought up, right? Like, mm. you know, you know, what was Mary's influence in them? I know we can talk about that later, right? Mm. But mm. love the fact that it looks as if in their family they were different, right? Yeah, but that's 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 interesting though, because he's he's obviously in the in the times he's writing, he's elevating women. He's 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 in a way in the same chapter he puts Rahab. A, a female prostitute 
credits her with righteousness in the same chapter as Abraham. That was that was revolutionary in his in his time. I mean, you know, he's basically saying this is available to all male, female, old, righteous, rabbi, prostitute. Anybody has access to this righteousness. You know, everybody can be saved by grace through faith and everybody can live out this faith in their actions. Um, look at the, the righteous Abraham, but also look at the fallen Rahab. Like everybody has access, and everybody in between that, right? So I'm sure the Jews would have been sat there thinking, yeah, right. But it's, it's from Abraham to the prostitutes, to everybody in between that. It's available mm. for everybody. Yeah. And, and that's a wonderful message for, for first century Christians Absolutely. that weren't even, that were Gentiles. I mean, that's just... Yeah, it, I'm sure. Like now, do people see why many women flock to Christianity? It was very affirming for mm. women, to be honest. And I also think, like, the more you spoke to Doni, I mean, like, Jewish people are very serious about their history, right? Mm. I've never met a Jewish person, even if they don't practice the faith, they're serious about their history. They are. You look at Abraham as like this beginning, right? And they have all the different national heroes, if you like Joshua, Moses, mm. and, and you think, you know if there was some kind of compilation of books or some kind of art exhibition, James is like putting Rahab there. He's curating her and oh. saying, no, recognize this woman in our history. Because if Rahab hadn't helped those spies, they would never have taken down Jericho, exactly. right? Not only that, Rahab actually helped the intelligence to get in and do their work. Try winning a war without intelligence, you know? So I think it, it, it's a really great affirmation. It's, and it's something, I love coming across stories like this because there's always this impression that Christianity is oppressive to women or the mm. Bible is oppressive to women. And, you know, I think the Bible describes a time as opposed to prescribes that, no, this is how it should be. And, mm. you know, different people have interpreted these things differently. So some people, perhaps because of the way they've been taught, but I really, I mean, my huge takeaway from this is, Rehab, righteous. Okay, fine. Let's do it. And if Rahab could be just could be described as righteous, what more of you? What more of you? What more of me? And what more of what more could you do for you know to help? Like we're saying, it doesn't have to be a, a massive, massive thing. Giselle, I don't know if it was you, but somebody posted on the group the other day. I don't know if it was on our group, but I saw a video of like Christians in China receiving the Bible, right? You know, out there, they're very oppressive to religion in general. I mean, the Muslims, there are having a rough time. Christians are being oppressed. And somebody came with these books, right? And they, I think it's like an underground thing. And these Christians received the Bible. You should have seen there was literally a stampede for mm. people running to receive the Bible that you and I can just have on our phones or, you know, we can just go into any store and freely. So I thought, wow, we shouldn't take this for granted. But did you know that you could be doing a rehab type thing if you were to donate to say a charity that sends Bibles mm. to places where Bibles are rare, to places where mm. it's even illegal, there's literally underground routes to get the Bible. But mm -hmm. you know, because you're probably thinking, oh, I can't, you know, help the fbi in, in my house you don't need the fbi mm. you can just find one of these charities i know Derek prince ministries used to do it i don't know if they still do but you can go and google there mm. are amazing 
priorities, because I really thought about it. I thought this is something I should do to get the word to people, because sometimes that's the greatest wealth you can give people. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I, that was really just something that was very, very touching to me. But I, I really love that, you know, the faith, I, I almost think of it as a formula, right? Faith minus works equals death, mm-hmm. you know? And so then the opposite is true too, because if you, faith plus works gives life, right? So mm. just even- I mean, if, It doesn't just give life, it multiplies life. Exactly. It's a multiplication. It's go forth and multiply. It is take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. It's, it's the great commission, you know, because Christ said by your love, by these people, we know that you're, you're, you're mine, you're a disciple of mine, that you love one another. Um, yeah. You know, we have to, there's, there's, there's no way you cannot love the creator and not love his creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It's I- not and not feel compassion you might not be able to help every single situation every single person every single you know heartache might not necessarily speak to you but you will something will tug at you for creation if you really say you love the creator with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength which is the first commandment um if you really say you love the creator that much there's something in you that will tug at your heartstrings for creation. And that will compel you to act. Yeah. I love that. I really like Sidonie's in the spirit today, guys. Okay, she's like, but I praise the Lord. It's <laughs> <laughs> not all American. <laughs> Wave something up in the air, you know, but I love that because. You know, like you not everything is going to pull you in the same way. And I think sometimes people can feel guilty, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to do it. I want to do that. It's it's about really almost, how can I say, like, study yourself and you know the things that move you, right? Because for some people, they just need to see the slightest thing about kids. Oh, my goodness. They want to do something. Some people is the elderly. Some people, it's homeless people. So I think there needs to be, we need to get away from that guilt, of not mm. being able to help everybody or feeling like you must do something because other people are doing it. Because, you mm. know, sometimes there are these big collections and maybe that's not really the thing that, you know, appeals to you at that time. It doesn't mean that God is not going to give you another assignment. So I really loved what you said, Sidoni. Everything is God's creation. Mm. So there is going to be, I mean, the world is so vast, right? God makes many different things. So I think what I'm taking away from this is actually saying to God, okay, show me those things that you want me to do, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to save the entire world. That's just even no. But based on your, and sometimes things are based on your personality, you mm-hmm. know? So it's a question of us studying ourselves and beginning to see what are the things that immediately appeal to you. And some of them may not even be traditional charity thing no and also people people don't necessarily need to look if if you've got the the capacity and the ability to look far away from home by all means look far away from home but very very often the opportunity is right next door to you very often it's your neighbor that you know when the pharisee asked jesus who is my neighbor you know and jesus gave him a beautiful answer but 
you know, it's it's literally the person next door to you. Yeah. It is it saying is. hello to the person in the supermarket behind yeah. you or in front of you. None of us don't speak to our neighbors. Let's be honest. Yes. Right? You know, it's fixing an extra plate, like we were saying last Christmas, fixing an extra plate for, you yeah. know, the, the, the elderly person down the road, you know, is spending Christmas by themselves. It's, you know, buying a cup of tea for 90 pence or whatever it is this day. So the homeless person who's, you know, sat outside in minus three degrees and sat in the snow. Yeah. It's just those things that you, you don't need to go. If you can, by all means, support the big guys, by all means, you know, but but the gospel will travel a lot further if we all did the, the ordinary things extraordinarily, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If if you looked after the homeless on your street or in your town or yeah. or or the single person who's lonely down the road or you know a cup of tea or just sit and hold somebody's hand who's bereaved who's just learned that they've got cancer or they've yeah. you know they're bereaved or they're, they're suffering through something that's the gospel in action that's works that's yeah. your faith in action yeah. um, you might yeah. say to somebody can I just pray with you and they might yeah. say no and that's fine. You know, you walk away from there and you you don't need to pray with them there, but you can pray for them. Yeah. So you know, so it's 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 that's works and that's how that's your gospel in action. And it's it's you know, you've got an extra pound or one pound ten and you see a, a homeless person and you walk past them and you go, God bless you. Well, how are they gonna that's not like James says, that's not gonna feed them. That's not gonna mean anything to them. Now, if you came to them with a 99p sandwich exactly right and a god bless you yep. oh that's, that's gonna sink but you know something else too see doing all those good things any time of the year just not at christmas time see mm. doing them all at any yeah. time of the year mm. yes i agree no no i haven't finished yet if we have unforgiveness in our heart, that's wasted. Mm. We mm. need to have total forgiveness for anything that's been any slight that's happened to us, any hurt that's happened to us, mm. anything. Mm. Because without us, if, if we don't forgive anything, mm. we're saying then we're better than God because we expect God to forgive us of all our sins, don't we? Mm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what good works we do. It doesn't matter how much money we give away to people. It doesn't matter how many people we bring into our houses and feed and bathe and put up for the night. If we've got unforgiveness for heart, it's wasted. Mm-hmm. But here's another thing, though, as well. But doing those, those faith works, let's call them faith works, right? Mm-hmm. Because good deed sounds a bit you know, out there. <laughs> so doing those faith works can actually help heal you yes yes you know, doing those because all of a sudden it puts things into perspective I mean you know how many times have you done something for somebody or seen somebody go through something and you're like man god I'm really sorry I was complaining yesterday because yeah. I am so blessed like this mm. this person I've just sat with is going through so much please just touch them or, or give them half of what you've given me and and sometimes those faith works actually turn our hearts back to God and they turn our hearts back to, 
to God to actually work through some of those issues that we're having ourselves. Amen. 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 on another level today, guy. That's a really great thing. And as you were talking, Sidoni, I was thinking, you know, as a parent, right, we are Christians and we are supposed to pass this faith on to another generation. You know, sometimes we have these conversations about the next generation and how sometimes living in a materialistic society can mm-hmm. make children entitled. As a mom, how are you trying to, you know, bring your children into this culture of faith works and compassion? You, you, you almost, and this is hard because you have to live it by example, right? This is, this is another thing of you can't, you can't just speak the faith. You're going to live the faith. So when you're, when you're angry with somebody, you've still got to do good. You've still got to serve them. Um, And that's hard because, you know, you say to your kids, for example, oh, you know, they're having a fight and they're bickering and this and that. And one person's got off in a half and the other one's gone off the other direction. And you're like, well, <laughs> when it's dinner time, you still say you're going to set a plate for your sibling. And I they go, well, why do I have to? <laughs> well, do it and you see you'll feel better. You might not feel good when you're doing it, but when you actually sit down together... And one person sets the, the plate and the other person brings the water and you all sit down there. And it might take a while, but it actually works out and it, and it, it heals a lot quicker than everybody going off in a, in a different direction. That's so true. Now, the flip side of that is they will turn that back on you <laughs> in a flash. <laughs> like, but you said... <laughs> oh, they remember everything. Sharon says Sharon says something lovely in the group in the chat here she says if we all help someone then eventually everyone gets help or gives help that's it isn't it really it is that's that's so simple it is and 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 it's faith works and, and do it because God has done so much for you do it because he's laid like Christ has laid down his life for you nobody's asking you to die for them no nobody no No. nobody expects you to die for them you might feel like you might die for your spouse or your children but even (laughs) they don't expect that of you nobody's expecting you to lay down your life for them I mean you know it's clear in the bible that you know for a good person someone might possibly dare to die doesn't say someone will die he says someone might possibly dare to die um, but no, no love is greater than that for a man to lay down his life for his friends. And, and nobody expects you to actually die for them. So Christ has actually done more than you will ever do for anybody. You yeah. might lay down your life for your kids if you're so inclined, but you won't for a complete stranger. You probably won't for your parents or your siblings or your friends. Um, but Christ has done so much more than we'll ever be expected to do. And in so doing, he's given us the example to say, this is as much as I've done for you. I'm asking you to do just a little for mm-hmm. somebody else. Yeah. Um, a kind yeah. word, a smile, a cup of tea. Just hold their hands, pray for them, pray with them if they want you to. Um, but you've got to do these faith works as a response to that ultimate love that's been shown to you as a response to the faith that you profess because that's the only way people are going to know that you are a christian and um, you can't say oh christ has died for me yeah god bless you and you walk away 
that yeah. God bless you will have a, a bigger meaning if it comes with a cup of tea and a prayer. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think when we were talking about this one time, we were like, you know, in, in, in the Lord's prayer, you know, our father who is, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So we sanctify God, we worship him. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Like, Jesus knows. <laughs> no, food is important. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think when you say this, this is something that I really love about Jesus. Jesus had a very pragmatic approach to ministry. Mm. I cannot scream enough about how, like if Jesus met you and your problem was healing, you got the healing. Mm. You, and you were it was an emotional thing you know he went there mm. if the problem was food he wasn't fooling around and mm. saying you know let's talk about you know moses and the ten was, no let's eat first he'll you know, feed you and then preach to you he yeah. fed the five thousand whilst he was yeah. preaching to them he'll yeah. feed you and preach to you yeah. and i really thank god for, for the many ministries that are doing that right there are many 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 ministries out there some of them i know personally who do very very pragmatic things but i would also like to encourage other people if you're starting out ministry you know you may not necessarily be feeding the poor but i really believe that your ministry must show it's it's not a show off but your ministry's works have to show right so for mm-hmm. example, if you start a counseling ministry, you may not necessarily be feeding people, okay, cup of tea and biscuit probably, but you know, just by people coming in there, they're being, you know, they, they, they air out their feelings, they're being hurt, they leave out their feeling better, they work on character issues or whatever. And people around them, like you were saying, so they begin to see that difference, right? They're mm-hmm. nice people, they're doing whatever because they've gone to that counseling. There may be a colleague who has never heard about God, doesn't really care, but they're like, why is my colleague nicer these days? And then you say, I've been going to this Christian counseling. Okay, tell me more about that, your God. So I really think that every single one of us is a minister of Christ. And we, let's pray for that grace and let's work, work it out. That by our works, right, people know. So you say by their fruits, you shall know them, right? Mm-hmm. By our work, let people know. It's really important um, because I think sometimes we can get a bit too spiritual ministry mm-hmm. yeah. about praying and prophesying and all. yes, these are nice, but you know, even any decent prophet will tell you that, look, once you've heard that word, you better work it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise mm-hmm. you'll be sitting there thinking you'll be the president of your country. Mm-hmm. Politics and campaign will never happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I think we're almost at 20 past ladies. It's been amazing. Mm. Really good, and I have a feeling we'll come back to this topic. Oh, I'm sure we will. That we can talk about. Yeah, because um, even even in the book of James, there's chapter three, still a powerful chapter, isn't it? Though mm. mm. I love James. James is just James is a manual for life. If anybody lacks yeah. wisdom, let him ask for it, as James says. But yeah, big time. Big time. Bible study. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would be so cool. So thank you, ladies. Thank you very much, Giselle. Thank you very much, Doni. So Giselle, please, I think when attached to this video, if you put the details for um, your ministry, mm-hmm. um, people have heard what you're planning to do with the Hope Center. I do believe that we can have that Hope Center everywhere. But as yeah. we know, it's not just about praying, right? Yeah. We yeah. make it yeah. happen somehow, guys. And same Sidoni, um, I look forward to seeing what, CWK has for next year. Thank you very much, ladies. Have a lovely day. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
Good night, Bye. everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.